Hello and welcome to Silence, a podcast where women get really honest about surviving and thriving in what often feels like a man's world. My guests are wonder women from the fields of science, technology, engineering and mathematics or STEM, where inclusivity and diversity can be a real problem. I know this only too well as a female Southeast Asian mechanical engineer. I'm kind of a minority within a minority. I'm Dr. Shinny Somara, an engineer turned broadcaster. Throughout my career, I've worked on and reported on some cutting edge technology and innovation. And through my television work, I've met some incredibly inspiring women from a diverse range of STEM fields. Talking to these exceptional ladies has often left me feeling empowered and hopeful and excited about life. I believe silence will enrich you too. Every week, a woman in STEM shares her unique experiences with absolutely no pressure in having to promote her accomplishments or guard her impressive reputation. Because I've come to realize that everyone is just way more open and relaxed when they're anonymous. So I deliberately disguise my guest voices so that we're just connecting as human beings rather than human doings. It's my hope that you really relate to what we chat about today. If so, please do subscribe to Silence and maybe even rate and review the show. I'd love to have your feedback. This week, my guest is in the field of software engineering. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No worries. I'm, I'm glad to finally be on the show. It's been a while. So, yeah. yeah. We've been organizing this for a while. And um, for some reason, we it's just timing wise, it's been really tricky. Is that because your job is super demanding of your time? Because I know mine is. <laughs> I recently had a job change, but I also run uh, my passion project and and then summer happened, so there's just been lots of stuff going on. Um, so yeah. So busy. But yeah, I recently had a job change from, a, I would say, like a, a small corporation and now I'm working for a startup. Oh, wow. Okay. So why did you make the switch? I think I was just looking for um, more of a challenge and um, the opportunity to really like build a product from scratch. Mm. And um, this startup that I'm working at, it's um, it's solving a really interesting problem, which is kind of aimed at women specifically. So it was just like, you know, the opportunity to kind of join something at such an early stage it was something I couldn't say no to. Mm. Yeah. And was it always your dream to be doing what you're doing? I would say, um, yes, yeah. I, th- I think for a while now, and it's been my dream. I think initially, when I first started and realizing that I liked the sciences, I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. And then um, I had a biology class, and I discovered that I was very squeamish. So I ended up changing <laughs> to um I ended up changing my path along the computer science route because I just loved like working with websites and um doing all that stuff in my spare time. So yeah, it's it's been a journey of its own. Right. I mean ones and zeros is far less messy, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, you know, you you would think, but sometimes <laughs> sometimes yeah, it can get quite complex. Yeah, my gosh. I mean, I've just been doing a piece on quantum computing and um, gosh, I mean, it's just such a minefield. Um, I'm guessing you got into this because you've always been strong at the sciences then. Yeah, I think I also had a teacher at an earlier age doing A-levels and um, his class was really fun. So I think it was also like educating us, but like having that fun aspect and seeing how that could be applied to like real world problems um, was something that really like stuck with me. Mm. And um, 
Currently, I work in software engineering as, as a broad term, but specifically related to app development. So around the time I got into this industry, um, that was when the rise of apps were happening. Ah, perfect. Um, so it was just like perfect timing. Mm. And um, yeah, it's like everyone had apps in their hands and we're getting these nice smartphones. So it was like, yeah, now or never really. Mm. And uh, what's it been like? you know, for you climbing, uh, you know, making that climb through your career? It's been interesting. Um, I've worked with a lot, with, with lots of different kinds of people. At this point, I'm a senior engineer. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been, there have been like mostly ups, but there have been some downs and some things I did not expect along the way. Mm. Um, my last job, I was... Um, one of about 13 engineers on the team and the only woman on the team so that was um that was very interesting and the my previous job to that I was one of four and the only woman on the team so it's yeah it's it's been a journey of its own like it's been quite it's been quite fun and um I've had lots of really cool opportunities along the way okay so like what has it actually been like being the only female really depends um in some cases i found that the guys i was working with they always wanted to kind of tiptoe around Mm. me and just kind of make sure that they weren't um doing anything that would kind of you know piss me off or they're trying to be really pc sometimes in other cases people have just been you know themselves and um just been encouraging and um, I've also received like mentorship for, from some really good um, technologists along the way. But I would say I've always had to kind of fight for myself, and I would say I, I've always had to kind of fight more than the other the other boys mm. on the team. Um, always trying to be assertive. Yeah. I'm quite I'm quite assertive, and in, in any like in general, I would say. Um, and sometimes that has not been received positively. Mm, yeah. But yeah, it's been hard like navigating some of that. I think earlier on I've had people talk down to me. Um, kind of like, you know, talking in, in the sense where it's like, you know, a senior engineer at the time, like talking down to me like I was a child at work. And um having that happen for quite a period of time and yeah, just kind of um gaining the confidence to actually speak back in those kind of situations. So it's been, it's, yeah, mixed reviews. Really depends on the I, I've been, uh, I, I was just chatting with a friend about this, about the fight. And it's, you know, it's it's a really interesting topic because I feel as a woman in a male-dominated world that I'm always having to fight and I just find the whole thing really exhausting. Well, how do you deal with it? Like, you know, do you have any sort of like pearls of wisdom? Because, you know, does it really, is, is it, does it, does being female mean that you're constantly having to defend yourself? Or am I getting something wrong? Yeah, unfortunately, in most cases, um, it, it does. Because, I mean, you're kind of, depending on the field you're in as well, you're kind of challenging, you know, what's seen as normal and conventional. So it, it it almost seems like you're kind of representing the whole um 
the whole race you know, in, in, in that sense. And um, mm. I think also, like, as a Black woman as well, I've also, like, been in situations where I've also had to, you know, fight in regards to my Blackness and in regards to people seeing that, you know, I was, like, qualified enough for a position. Mm. Um, one of the companies I worked at, I remember that, I remember vividly that most of the women that were hired were hired at like a level below the, their current working level. And um, getting to that next step in terms of like gaining a promotion, there's always that fight. So I think for me, I've just been used to that fight. And it's just one of those things of like, I, I don't really think about it anymore. Um, for me, that fight it's always from a, a case of comfort. So in the case where I had someone talking down to me, it was more about my comfort and me just trying to feel safe mm. in that position. Right. So that's as opposed that, that, to that's what? one of the things that, yeah, yeah. as opposed to, you know, going, coming to work every day and feeling um, horrible about the environment I was working in right, right. and not putting my best to the position. Mm. So it gets to that point where it's starting to affect your well-being. Mm then you just have to deal with, you know, kind of speaking up and and defending yourself ultimately. Yeah, because I've often questioned whether I'm just a really stubborn person that always has to be right. Um, because sometimes I, I ask myself, like, why am I having to always defend myself? Why am I always having to fight? Um, and I think it's really just because I don't want to be a doormat. Yeah. Um, and so I find that it's a really fine balance between not wanting to be a doormat, but also not wanting to be constantly antagonistic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's not an easy balance. Yeah. It's not an easy balance. Definitely. Um, I think things in relation to tone as well, I find that, um, the, so if I speak to people in a certain way, you know, it's automatically bossy, bitchy, those kind of terms are used. Right. So in order for me to, like successfully dyna- um like um navigate like this dynamic uh and so on i've had to really choose my words carefully and um i and always like having to like you know phrase what i want to say and practice that before i before i say it in certain situations because then people mm. kind of turn this back on you and kind of point at you like you're the crazy person but i was lucky enough to also have some um male team members who, you know, also kind of were able to see that, you know, I was right in certain cases and backing me up. So having allies is something that's that's really important in this fight. And um, you only have allies when you try and like form stronger relationships with your colleagues and having that and like breaking that, um, that professional boundary and having more like personal conversations that's one way in which I've been able to kind of establish some allies in the work, in the work um, environment. So I guess to sort of like go beyond the professional relationship, you have to really trust people, right? We can't Mm. go around sort of uh, having intimate conversations with just anyone. Yeah. Um, So has that been by overstepping professional lines has that been your way of creating a support network um i wouldn't say like yeah overstepping professional lines but um 
not getting too personal, but just more about, you know, trying to um, connect on something that's mm. not related to you know, coding. So that could be, you know, maybe going out for a beer with colleagues and, you know, getting to know people's backgrounds. That that has definitely um, helped me in some ways. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I have really, I, I don't have the answers. I've just spent many years trying to gain experience of how to carry myself in the workplace. Um, because, you know, I think mm. when I was first starting out, I didn't really have much self-confidence. I mean, it's difficult too when you're, you know, at the beginning of your career, you don't, you know, have polished skills. You don't, everything feels really unfamiliar. Um, what would you tell your younger self, you know, who's just starting out? Like, how would you protect your younger self from the experiences that are ahead of you? <laughs> looking back well, I'm gonna sound negative now but I, I don't think I, I don't think I can protect my younger self I think everyone's going to have to go through some kind of struggle mm. to get to that point and, and that's the way the industry is yeah. and hopefully the industry will change with time but um one thing I, I can tell my younger self is to seek out more mentors yeah. um Luckily, when I was starting my career, there was another lady in a VP um, position. So having someone like that as a mentor, um, although they were living in a different um, country, that was really helpful. So seeking out mentors is one thing I would I would have spent a bit more time doing, but also just um, kind of knowing that things will be hard in the beginning, but also being able to just persevere through stuff. And um, also going out there and meeting other people like you. So I didn't start going to meetups and engaging in a lot of like women in tech initiatives until maybe around the second or, or like um, two and a half years mm. into my career. And I probably spent a bit more time doing that prior to, um, yeah, prior to that timeline. And I think having that group of women who, who I wasn't working with or working mm. at different companies and having that um, pot of, of people to, to just kind of pick from and meet up and discuss, that, that mm. was really helpful. So that's that's why I'm the youngest self. Right. I mean, what are women like in your industry? Are they supportive generally? What's the vibe? Yeah, it's very supportive. It's not really competitive in any way that you know it turns into a kind of negative thing i think it's always um especially in the, in the app development sector it's, it's very um difficult to find you know maybe an, another android engineer or another ios engineer so when we do like come across each other and kind of realize oh you know we we, we do the same thing it's really it's really um mm. it's a really nice feeling so there's definitely like communities out there and it's just like over the years now, now that I'm kind of a senior position, everyone has just kind of seen how their careers have evolved. And it's like, mm. it's really a beautiful thing. So um, we, we do have like yeah. some secret groups that um, that we often like you know, just kind of express, still like vent about things that we're going through at the senior level. And, you know, 
yeah kind mm. of talking about life as well so it's, it's definitely a very like it sounds like you were a minority in a minority as well being female and being black um what kept you going yeah with your career um what kept me going is you know just the fact that i'm i'm a very ambitious person and I just like to prove people wrong. So if you say I can't do something, then I'm I'm going to get that done and I'm probably going to get that done much better than um, you anticipate. So I think mm. just having that fire, uh, which sounds quite cliche, but just having that fire is just something that, you know, kept me going. Also, I, I haven't always lived in the UK. Um, I actually moved here. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say from where because then I would just... Identifying like, yourself. You know, yeah <laughs> giving up everything yeah yeah i'll just be yeah and uh i actually moved from another country did my a levels here and my university here and where i come from there's real struggle so um just having the opportunity to be here is um mm. you know just being able to kind of chase your dreams in a way where um, you can be paid at a level that's incomparable mm. to to kind of where you, where you are from and you can also support people I guess that has also like pushed me to right. um to succeed. Also, um, I was lucky enough to work with a very big company initially, and I got several chances to go out to Silicon Valley. Oh, wow. So that really opened up my eyes to the whole tech sector and just kind of what mm. could be achieved if if I did things in a certain way. And it was just very. It was yeah. Looking back, those mm. were some really good opportunities at yeah. that level. So I guess you have this inbuilt sort of gratitude for the opportunities that have come your way as a result of moving from where, from your origin. Um, It's so important, isn't it, to have gratitude? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we're all humans at the end of the day and um, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's just more of a feeling like you always want to, you know, make people proud and and just represent yourself in the in the best way and i think you can look at certain situations and compare yourself to that and then you you see like oh you know mm. i'm in a much better position than than that so like anything could go wrong you know um i think about this all the time like as someone that works with computers it's like you know and it's always like you know constantly typing or in front of a screen it's like you have to also like take care of yourself and you know um, now I have a habit of like you know taking like eye breaks whenever I'm coding and not like mm. trying to not spending like the entire work day just in front of the screen, just kind of yeah to take care of my personal well being because you know any of that could just go left and you might you know you might not have that opportunity again. Who were your role models growing up? Role models, um, let's see. There's quite there's quite a lot of people on that list. Um, yeah definitely lucky you <laughs> yeah that, yeah I think definitely my mom is is a role model um she she's achieved a lot, and I would say people like queen latifah that's one role role model um also say let's see, yeah, let's just say that mom and queen latifah those are two those are those are two um role models why not related to tech at all but um I think my mom yeah just yeah that's interesting yeah not really i, I think uh someone like queen latifah just uh 
And she's kind of navigated this world of hip hop. And then she went mm. to acting and then she went into productions and then she also sings and she, she's multifaceted in that sense. And she's really like mm. carved out a lane for herself and kind of the trajectory of her career, just showing that you can do many things and you can do them well. And this idea of you having to do one thing um, is, um, is, is, is not necessarily the case. So like not yeah. giving yourself to one thing and, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, she's gone and she's had an amazing journey. Um, my mom, I would say, because, you know, she basically, you know, she used to work really long hours. Um, she did a lot of really interesting journalist work back where I'm from. And um, just having to, na- I, I can just imagine that having to navigate that industry with a family as well of um, several of several children isn't something that was easy. So there have been a lot of like, you know, really interesting like career decisions she's made so mm. looking back at that that's just like someone who yeah just they're definitely going to be a role model for me it's interesting that she's not in tech, she's um, not in tech. because yeah and it's interesting because you know you've chosen someone who and I'm assuming your mum isn't in tech either right my I mean, mum's not in tech at all hey <laughs> right. so two role models that are not in tech yet you went into tech like I mean it's it's really encouraging that your role models had something beyond tech that inspired you to follow your own path Hmm. do you think it's important for women to have role models in tech or not necessarily I think within tech it's great by the time there was just no one who um I could really see myself kind of, you know, fitting in that, in that dynamic. Um, so it, it just happened that, you know, it was more of a character thing and I had to really look at other people and, you know, really observe what they were doing and kind of say, oh, you know, I, I really admire this person's character. I think it's important to have role models in tech. I think that's changing. Um, there are a lot of um, engineers that I, I learned about along the way. There's a, there's a lady who is um, now an engineering manager at Twitter but she was actually uh, an Android engineer at Twitter and also Vine. And I think like her name is um, Sarah, Sarah Hader. And I discovered these people later on, but this was just like an accidental thing. So I think now there are a lot more um, role models that are very like, you know, easily identifiable. And yeah, it's really important for people to have role models within tech. But at the time I started, no. It sounds like you're one. You're you're a role model for um, for young people considering a career in tech. Yeah, I'm just so curious to know what was going through your mind when you were entering into a career that kind of had no road map. Um, Because if you were, uh, you know, if you were at that point in time when apps were starting to be a thing and there you were with your skills of coding, you were basically taking a massive leap of faith into this industry. Yeah. I mean, for me at that time, I wouldn't say, I would say I had skills with, um, of, like had skills related to coding. I was at university. I'll tell you the story. I was at university and my dad gave me an Android phone and at the time, I was like, yeah, apps are hot. Let me just learn how to do it. 
it, it really came from a point of uh, curiosity. I think that was really mm-hmm. um, the important having that curiosity to just say, I really like this thing. I don't know how it works and I want to like spend some time to figure it out. So the massive leap of faith for me was at university. Um, I had a final year project to complete and they gave like a list of projects that people c- could potentially do. And I told my, my lecturer at the time, I, I just, I was like, you know, the, uh, like I've, I've looked at this list of projects. Um, it's really interesting, but really not my style. Um, can I just build an app? And I spent um, that year at university doing that. So it was all really from a place of curiosity. And I, and I think that's what really um, sparked my interest at a younger age to even get into um, programming or coding and whatnot. It was, it was curiosity around games. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I encourage people to always seek out if they are trying to build this career and if you have that curiosity Mm. and you always want to you know constantly learn then you will go a very long way yeah it's so funny because I grew up in an era where playing computer games was really frowned upon it's like you know get back to your studies don't waste your time with those games but I've talked to a couple of guests on silence where um, they've talked about how games were such an escape and really one of their most influential influences into STEM. Yeah, it's just like it's it's a portal of of imagination. There's so much in there, and I and I, like for me, I was always a quite uh, I would say an I'm an I would I would say I'm an extroverted introvert. Yeah, but at that time I was an introvert and. You know, just like sitting down and, you know, just having something that you could go to and just zone out in a way and also like express creativity and such. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just a, a massive world. And still, I don't, I don't play games as much um, as I used to. But um, yeah, it's, the industry is, is still thriving in, in that sense. Yeah. It's just it just keeps yeah. going. Especially with the introduction of like 5G soon and, you know, gaming is going to take on a whole new era, I think. There's so many opportunities there, even on mobile as well. Like before it was mostly, you know, just um, consoles and now, yeah, Android phones, uh, iOS, there's so many games out there. Like it's billion dollar industry. So It's kind of exciting. It's It's definitely a world that has completely passed me by. I mean, I just... I have not got into that at all. Um, still very old school in that sense. I'm just trying to imagine you as like a, a young girl. Do you reckon that women that go into STEM tend to be quite introverted generally? I would say there's a, there's a stereotype with that. Mm. But I haven't, like most of the women I've met, it's been, it's been a balance. It really depends. I um, think it might seem that way, but eventually there is like an outgoing part part um to mm. the puzzle so i i can't really say i i think i've met a mixture of women i've met some who are outgoing some who are introverted mm. um it just really depends and it also depends on the on the roles as well because um i find that maybe you're introverted you go into this thing and now now i do stuff like public public speaking and i'm like I've I've just kind of gone on this journey of just like being able to do all these things I, I didn't really see myself doing initially. 
So that shell can really open up because as a woman in tech, you kind of discover, oh, it's only me. I have to speak up and like speak to this younger generation, which means I have to be visible. And again, that was kind of empowering me to go on a journey of, you know, um, like heading into public mm. speaking and whatnot. So that changes it according to where you are and how you feel and how you, and what you feel your duty is, your, your duty, um, your duty is to the community yeah. generally. Yeah. I think it's really important for women to embrace their skills um, because I think for a long time, women have almost been apologizing for, for example, being too deeply analytical or, you know, um, mm. wanting to combine empathy with technical skills or, you know. And I think um, we should be having more conversations that allow women to celebrate their combination of skills. So if they are introverted and, you know, want to kind of crawl into a mathematical cave or, you know, they should be allowed to do that and no mm-hmm. one should frown upon them for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think because um, there are only a few women in the industry compared to the amount of men, there are all these different... Um, sectors and or, or categories that you can kind of classify men in tech and then with women in tech either like oh you know mm-hmm. she's yeah she's too technical she sits in a cave or it's like she's not technical and she's just more of a figurehead that they're kind of using to um you mm-hmm. know do marketing and stuff like that for, for the company so I, th- I think yeah the idea here is that women can be whatever they want and i totally like support that and i'm totally for that yeah, and I think the more women who actually uh, are a living example of being who they are, then it gives other women permission to be who they are too. Um, and we all need to sort of like raise our confidence level in just expressing ourselves. Um, but I really do feel like women have to kind of stay underneath the stereotype and not break out of it um it's really tricky yeah it's tricky i think that also depends on um that depends on the the, the leadership of the current company so mm. and the culture of the company that you work at so like the company i work for right now it's um it's a startup as i said and currently it's 90, about 93% women. And the environment is... 93%? 93% women. But it's 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 basically a very early stage startup. And it's a product built by and for women. And the environment is totally different. That um, idea of you, you know, coming in and openly talking about how you're feeling, whether it's like, oh, you know, today I'm just, you know, I'm on, I'm on my, my period and... I just need to like, you know, relax for a bit or, um, you know, just talking about things that you wouldn't necessarily talk about if there was, you know, room full of men, like that mm-hmm. environment is radically different and it's, it's way more chill to be honest. And I'm really enjoying that more, I have to say. But yeah, And I'm assuming more, that you're as productive, if not more productive. productive if not more productive, because mm-hmm. there isn't um, a culture of just like, go, 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 go. Um, people yeah. actually, you know, you come in and someone asks, you know, how's your day? How's your day going? Because, you know, it's just like, yeah, and it's, it's people are a bit more expressive. That's what I would say. 
Um, mm. I've really noticed that change in the dynamic, and there's a lot more like bonding in 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 that sense. So, I mean, I think male-dominated environments tend to be so competitive to the point where you end up being a version of yourself that's fake. Mm. You know, and I think your work environment now that you're working for a startup sounds like people can show up as their authentic selves. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you just you, you can walk in there and you can be yourself. Um, with regards to the competitiveness, you know, the ironic thing about that is that sometimes, like, there's really nothing to compete for. It's just more of an ego trip. And then you just find yourself getting, like, walked into this, in, into this you know cycle mm. um for me with that it's tricky because um you also want to seem like you are competing with everyone and you're pulling your weight but yeah at the same time I found certain cases where I just couldn't cope with that and I had to exclude myself from that and um yeah for, I think mental health on the job is also really yeah. important so it just kind of affects everything it affects the quality of your work as well um i won't get into an argument with someone who is just kind of self self obsessed with themselves and i'd rather take a step back and um kind of approach things in, in, a, in a different way um but yeah more more women on teams is definitely like yeah it's definitely there's definitely a positive there. yeah i mean it goes back to what we originally said at the beginning which is like you know knowing how to express yourself effectively because you know at the same time you want to defend yourself but often I find that conflicts bubble up because it's often a battle of the ego or you know it's kind of like you're you're actually fighting with someone else's insecurities or you know and so yeah it can just conflict generally just seems there's always an unhealthy agenda when it comes to conflict, I find. Um, and so it can be tricky to navigate that because on the one hand, you don't want to be trampled all over, but at the same time, you don't want to engage in petty, yeah. ego-driven conflict. Yeah, for me, like relating to that, it's also about just like picking, mm. you know, what thing is worth fighting, fighting, um, fighting for. I found that sometimes people would just provoke me to try and get a rise out of me. So they would make me, you know, look mm. like, um, you know, I, w- I was a problematic person. Um, but, but I think I remember a scenario, um, that something that used to happen generally in terms of being a coder and, and in terms of code quality. Um, so some of the more like senior engineers, they could... Um, get away with writing code that was not as clean. And um, they would present that code to the rest of the team and the rest of the team would be like, yeah, that's not clean, you know. And, but yeah, it's fine because it's you and you're you're this, you know, senior guy that everyone loves and everyone works with and, you know, you make all these inappropriate jokes. But on the other hand, you know, as someone who was more junior in that team and, me kind of approaching my work every day and doing things in the best way that I could, mm. I would yeah. my work would go through under a lot of scrutiny compared to that. Mm. In those cases, I just had to fight for myself in those cases and I had to be prepared to have those awkward conversations of like, you know, like there's nothing wrong with this, you know. 
um this is this is clean there's, there's tests everywhere yeah um and so i think it's really about picking picking the fights if you don't pick any fights then you probably feel worse then <laughs> um and it, yeah and if you pick too many fights then yeah it goes it goes the other way as well I think also women in STEM um, are often so capable and so um, alpha female that often you're you're actually fighting with someone that feels less than. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you're actually dealing with someone that is intimidated by you. Yeah, definitely. Um... And putting you down as a result. Yeah, I've I've had those situations firsthand. Um, I, I'll, I'll say another one because I guess this is the the really nice thing about this podcast is you can just <laughs> say whatever. I used, work, I used to work with a guy um, on this really big team again, and um, we were both the same level, and we were both working together. We'd always sit together, do some pair programming together. We'd laugh, you know. We. Um, we go for drinks and everything and I got promoted to the next level because we, we just it just showed that we were not on the same level in terms of the quality of our of our work and then his behavior towards me changed overnight completely it just went from you know this person that was my friend to like you know it, it was just a it just became a really toxic environment so I've, I've definitely like experienced that firsthand where someone is just like not happy your progression ah right so that was the problem then yeah that that was the problem it was just like it wasn't it was it was yeah it was jealousy and it was also the fact that it was like oh you know I was on the same level as this girl and you know and then the girl she got promoted and I didn't get promoted and it was just more of like that kind of dynamic that I just I felt mm. and having to go through that it's just one of those things that, that it really opens your eyes about people yeah. and um that even though you you might have a friend and so you know when things go one way not everyone's going to be happy for you so it's just like politics within the workplace how do you deal with that because often we live in a world where we want to people please i mean if you look at social media you know really the strength of it is based on how many likes you've got how many followers so we are living in a world where people pleasing is a priority almost Mm. so when you are doing well and people are kind of envious and not really that happy for you how does one cope with that because you know you don't want to be so successful that you end up having no friends so I think one thing is surrounding yourself with people who are kind of on that same adventure with you so um Like I have a very like strong network of like people in tech generally who are really like good at what they do and kind of having that and not always trying to please everyone. But if if people are at the same level, then there's going to be less of that because you're just trying to work together and build more exciting things together. That's the way I see mm-hmm. it. But at the same time, if I know someone being intentionally nasty towards me, I just kill them with kindness <laughs> and um, it will just kind of com- come across as, oh, wow, you're really not going to get this girl down. 
even if you're trying to be nasty in any ways. So also negative energy is just something that I just don't have time for. You know, there's so many things to do, um, so many places to be. It's just not something that excites me at all. So distancing myself from certain situations is something I've done and like setting boundaries. Maybe in that case, we used to hang out and now we don't hang out anymore. And, you know, that's fine because that energy does not suit my vibe. And um, it's just more of like doing things that, that are best for for me. So mm. people pleasing just has to stop at some point. Yeah. Um, where definitely, you know, I, I love to, you know, make make um, my parents proud, make, you know, like kind of approach things like that. But to what, you know, to what point? So there's mm. a certain point where it has to have a balance. Yeah. Definitely. And I guess also having trust that there are people out there that see your vision. I think yeah. often because women in STEM are such a minority, we stick out like sore thumbs. Um, and if we're actually doing well in the process as well, like, you know, it can really, it can alienate us. Mm. Um, but it's having the faith to always just be the best version of yourself, knowing that at some point you're going to attract people that will really admire you not admire you but will really support you and be in wonder of you rather than feeling like your success is a commentary Mm. on their failures or something I don't know yeah definitely um it's really tricky as well because imposter syndrome is just something that just doesn't go away even even when you are having a really successful time because due to the lack of um women in leadership positions and you know, senior positions compared to men it's always a case that when you do have maybe an event whereby um you might want you know some kind of representation in terms of women in tech you might find yourself on a panel with someone who's got you know maybe 10 years or 20 years more experience than you so like those in those kind of situations as well, it's also about, you know, just having some kind of confidence within yourself and um, just trying. Yeah, I think as a woman in tech, you always have to understand that this without everything you're doing now and this kind of, you know, shaping the future as cliche as that sounds. I mean, like this podcast now that you're doing, you know, there are going to be other women who are starting their careers to listen to this. And it's going to be like, wow, there are all these exciting stories. Mm. So it's just um, it's just a journey, I guess, that just keeps going and keeps going. Mm. And hopefully one day it just lines up. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you, um, and because it's anonymous, thank God, it will be easier to yeah. answer. But, you know, have yeah. you felt downtrodden being black in tech? Hmm, that's a, that's a good question. I would say yes, definitely yes. Um, I found that um, because of yeah, black and I would just say African, most people had a perception of Africa and what Africa Africa was mm-hmm. and how Africans behaved, and um, I guess the kind of TV that people watch. I don't know here in the UK in relation to Africa, it has not been positive. You know, it's always about you know the kids with the flies the flies in their mouths and, you know, people not having access to drinking water and, mm. and whatnot. Um, so I, 
earlier on, even you know, at the at the lowest level, I always had that um, vibe and that perception from certain people. That until you know, it kind of went into my background, and then it was like, oh wow, oh wow, this and that. So it's like you're always shocking people by telling them about 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 your mm. journey. Um, people have, um, and I would say like coming from where I have come from, I do have a certain level of privilege, even as a black person. And that's something I've had to acknowledge because um, I've also, like, I would say, I I identify as an African person simply. Um, But some other people, you know, based on where they grew up, they might say they're black British. And there is a difference between the black British and African experience. So there is a certain level of privilege that I do have in that in that area, and um, but what what has generally happened is people always think I had the Black British experience, when in fact I did I did not. So they had a perception in their mind, and then I tell them certain things, and that changes. And um, yeah, it's it's been a tough one. I think it just kind of informs you of like how the wider world sees you know, sees us, you know, in that sense. And, um, yeah. Um, mm. then, then, What's the black British experience? Uh, by, by black British, I mean, you know, someone who's a descendant of maybe African or Caribbean um, parents and basically g- grew up here. So, you know, they went to you know, school here. Um, they're immersed by all that culture. And, you know, um, like in London, you know, there's different areas of the African diaspora as opposed to me growing up in a country where everyone looked like me and um, mm. you know, everyone spoke, spoke the same language, looked like me, and there were actually no white people. So, you know, racism yeah. or all of that stuff, I didn't really experience it in that context directly until I moved to the UK. Mm. Um, I have had cases where, you know, people have also tried to, you know, I guess when you, when you say black, people often put that par and par with with um the identity of being cool so i've had people you know try and like use the n word in a conversation uh, in a professional context actually surprisingly and i've had to just it, it's one of those things of picking fights as well in those cases i've had to call them mm. out and um it's mm. uncomfortable but it's just one of those things that you know you can't really tolerate so it's exhausting, isn't it? It's exhausting. It's so exhausting. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah, kind of moving to the UK, I was very naive about some things. And definitely after living here for, I think, what's been about maybe 11, 12 years now, my eyes have definitely opened to a lot of things that were not apparent before. Mm. Do you walk around with a sense of feeling different or are you someone who um, feels very confident in your own skin? Oof, yeah, I think, yeah, that's always a journey. I, I, I haven't always been this confident. Um, and um, yeah, but that's just kind of happened with time. So I, I think is it an age thing or a yeah, experience more of an experience thing it's about you know it's about yeah it's, you you get exhausted at some point and you just say well i know who i am and if that's if yeah. people in the world want to see me in a certain way then that's their own cup of tea you know i can't 
keep trying to, you know, people please and change. Yeah, you just have to kind of be confident within. So that's just, that's always been a journey in itself. Um, and yeah, I'd say now I'm very like happy, positive, confident, but that was not always the case. There was a point where there was definitely a struggle of, you know, fitting in and mm. behaving in a certain way. And um, yeah. yeah. Really. I must say for me as well, like just getting older has just made it all easier because I care less about what people think. Yeah. Whereas when I was younger, I was like, oh, I've got to please everyone. And I was just like chasing my tail with that. And I, I got to a point where I was so exhausted of just trying to be accepted by society that I was just like, oh, screw it. Like, I'm just going to be me. And if I get stuff wrong, then so be it. But I think women in STEM, or maybe it's just me, <laughs> but I have talked to other women in STEM who are such perfectionists and have such unrealistic expectations of themselves. And yeah. they've kind of relaxed with age because they're just like, do you know what? I'm just okay as I am, you know? Mm. It's kind of a resignation <laughs> with age. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, because there's a lot of energy, you know, there's a lot of energy in that dance and that in you trying to, you know, pretend to be someone else. And at some point, you know, especially when, yeah, with age, um, I'm I'm not, I'm not like 30 yet, but I would say like, I'm in my late twenties and my early twenties. Oh, wow. I saw the world in a different way. (laughs) And now in my late twenties, it's like, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, settling in and you know there's less um you, you really just start to understand socially how you fit into the world so mm. it's more of that for me like yeah people are always going to feel like they need to do things but um there's a lot of energy and I'd rather use that energy on something else <laughs> well I must say for someone that's not even 30 yet you really are very very wise um for your age it's quite amazing. I mean, what has brought you so much wisdom? What has brought me so much wisdom? I don't know. I think you know. I think I've just always been like that kind of person that's sat down and watched what was happening around them, and um, I've always had like older people, um, like mentors or you know, just like family. And you know, it's people always tell you about you know what they could have done when they were younger and I've, I guess I've, I've just kind of learned from all of that and taken that um, as kind of my own template and trying to figure out how I want my life to be to be like um, if that's if that's not too deep to say um, so it's just it's, it's more of that it's just more of observing and um, yeah I, I could be more carefree in some ways <laughs> but I don't, I don't really care. We can all be more of something else. (laughs) You know, there's always aspects of every single person that could be more of this and more of that, but you sound like you're doing really well. Um, So, I mean, what's the plan? What's the plan for me? Yeah. Um, I I definitely see myself um, running my own business in the future Mm -hmm. and perhaps also getting the idea to explore the the world of um remote um remote living not not forever because i think that also has different impl- implications in terms of 
personal life and stability. But I would definitely love to explore that world of, you know, people who are just like being digital nomads, mm. maybe for a year. Or two. Is that because you um, want to travel? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Traveling and just staying in places for extended periods of time. And there are certain countries that fascinate me. And um, yeah, it's just like, you know, you go one life. So, so why not try and plan? I, I think it's all about planning towards that. Mm. And tech is very like interesting industry to be in for that because things will eventually move in that remote direction that's already happening within the market people are always um kind of you know giving out remote opportunities here mm. and there but i think the idea of running running a business is exciting to me because um it just gives more autonomy yeah. and although although there is a very like high stake there you know you have to have all of that on your shoulders um, it also gives you a lot of room to do other things. You know, you might not necessarily. Um, I I I enjoy working at a nine to or well, a ten to six mm. for now, but um, you know, in the future, why not try something different? So that's kind of how I see things panning out. Mm. And it sounds like you're really immersed in a very female, appreciative environment and from other conversations I've had on silence, it sounds like female appreciative environments really allow for flexibility and, you know, they really nurture true mm. talent. Yeah, definitely. I, have, I think, um, yeah, 100%, because we all know how it feels to be somewhere and maybe you need flexible time and you can't get that. Mm. So I'm very lucky to like work in a place currently where that's at the center of the culture and, you know, um, work from home is not something that's frowned upon. Mm. Um, I think even, even with that, it's like when you're a woman and you enter the field and, you know, you, you're not at that age or that time in your life when you, you want to settle down and maybe have a family, if you do want to, but when you do make that decision, the industry treats you differently. So kind of working with women who understand that mm. and are building an environment where it's comfortable for you to say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to work part time because, you know, that that's fine. Or, you know, I have to pick up my kid from daycare at four, which means I have to leave early, but then I can finish up my day after mm. that. Having that kind of environment is probably... Um, it's, it's, it's something that you can't buy. Um, so yeah, definitely. And having a boss on a culture and a team of people at the top that understand that is is really important. And so therefore, have you had thoughts yourself about family or are you just very career oriented at the moment? I have had thoughts about family. Um, I I don't think that's going to happen as soon as now um yeah maybe in the, maybe in the future i think for now it's, it's very much let's focus on the career let's do all of that mm. and we'll get, we'll get to that but um yeah no, no rush <laughs> yeah i think certainly your kind of age um there is no rush but i think it is really tricky for women to figure out what comes when and how because uh you know when you are striving to build a career you kind of have to be focused on that first um 
Yeah, it's tricky. The the clocks don't line up in that way. Um, exactly. But do you find that, like, at your age, there's an awareness of that? Because certainly when I was your age, um, <clears throat> because I was not, because I was not surrounded by any women at all, I didn't have these conversations with myself because I was too busy trying to fit in with a bunch of guys. So, you know, I was like, motherhood, families, like, I absolutely cannot be thinking about that right now. I've got to be one of the boys. Yeah, for me, I, w- I wouldn't say it's it's, it's like that. Um, but I would say definitely, I do have friends that talk about that. I'm I'm actually a gay woman, so that all works in a very different way for me. And um, even kind right. of you know pl- pl- planning that as well is, yeah, it's just something. I, th- I think the most important thing is, you might say you know you're ready for this, but having that financial plan in place. And also being at the level where mentally you feel that, yeah, it's you can you can kind of you know raise a child is really important, and I think now most mm. of my friends, um, who are you know in relationships, and you know are maybe settling down or thinking of settling down or, or you know some people are panicking that you know they haven't found someone yet, it's more of um everyone realizes that you you have to. It has to come from the inside out, so you have to be stable first. Right. And growing um, like living in a city like London, where things are expensive, and um, you know, you used to you contemplate you move out of London, you live in London. How do you? you is the air even fresh in London for children to inhale? <laughs> you know, you you think about all these things. So it's like it's one of those things where um, you just kind of take it as it comes and. Yeah, when the timing is right, when the partner is right, when the funds are right, that's really important. Although people don't always like to acknowledge that, then yeah, everything will fall into place. There's no, there's no rush really. Well, it just seems like you have such a a strong sense of being present and just focused on what's important to you for now, and that. Yeah. seems to be your guiding light and uh, I must say it's just been so fascinating listening to your wisdom for someone so young I can't believe it what an old soul um, you're an old soul very old one yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, thank you so much for sharing your truth um, on silence it's been an absolute mm. privilege to have you on the show yeah definitely loved it that's it from my STEM guest this week my goodness, I have not heard from someone so young with so much uh, self-acceptance and self-awareness as my guest this week. Um, it's been truly inspiring to hear someone so calm and collected about who they are. I feel um, that her serenity has kind of rubbed off on me this, this over this hour. There's something so enlightening about being in the company of someone who uh, just is very comfortable in their own skin. Thank you so much for listening this week. Don't forget to rate and review the show and catch you next week on Silence.